Good evening. How are you guys doing? Good. What a blessing. That's great. <clears throat> you know, kids are pretty smart. Um, I was just back there getting hooked up and getting all wired, and Cora comes up to me and be, was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just getting hooked up. And she's like, are you the pastor tonight? I was like, not quite. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't carry that position, but I am preaching. <clears throat> um, I'm thankful for that, but let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your dumb for us, Lord, and I, I pray that you would just uh, be with my voice. I pray that uh, this uh, cold I'm getting over wouldn't affect me, Lord, and I pray that you just uh, speak through me. Help me to be a vessel for your honor and glory, Lord, and just uh, pray that I would just be a humble servant. And... Uh, following your will for today, Lord, and um, I pray that you just help this message not to just uh, be glory to anybody but you, Lord, and I pray that you just be with us tonight, and uh, bless it, Lord, and keep us safe on the way home tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I gotta get a drink after all that singing. Usually when I'm, uh, in the past, I've started my messages by using like a time filler or icebreaker so that I could engage my thoughts and uh, disengage my jitters like I'm having right now and so that I can just you know get get cooled down and this is no different uh, the reason being I don't want to fly through my entire sermon uh, cold turkey fumbling over my words and losing my train of thought and <clears throat> totally start off on the wrong foot, and you guys just don't understand what I'm, I'm trying to say. Uh, I, don't, I don't want that, and that's what I'm up here is to, not just to fumble over my words and such. But I've usually started by uh, being very thankful to be up here and to be able to preach, and uh, I am very uh, thankful for, to be up here and have the honor to, to, to preach tonight. And, uh, but I also mention how many times it's been uh, I've preached so far. <clears throat> then I was like, wait, I, why would I do that? Maybe there's people in here that don't know how many times I've preached. Or even if they have heard me preach before, they probably forgot how many times I have preached. So I'm just going to leave that guy that up to you. But maybe I was like, maybe those people that don't know I've, how many times I've been up here. Maybe they think I'm like a big deal or something. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe if I'm good enough, they might even put a basket out in the back for me after the sermon. <laughs> That's a great idea. Why I'll just go with that. <laughs> so maybe I could take that, take that extra money and put it towards our Euro European trip or get some you know, new headphones or something like that. Something special. <laughs> I need to get... S <laughs> this isn't really working out for me. <laughs> I, need to get I need to start getting serious so that I can get some serious bills. <laughs> you, could, you could say that this, this is serious business. 
All right, uh, that's enough of that. <laughs> if we're all being honest here, you probably wouldn't give me a love offering. You'd probably end up giving me just a pity offering for <laughs> what I'm doing. <clears throat> Most of you probably think, man, this guy really thinks he's all that in a box of rocks, or he thinks he's really something. Well, you're right. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> all right, that, wasn't, that didn't go over as well as I thought it would. So you're not throwing stones at me like I thought you would be and looking at me like I'm, a, I'm an idiot. <clears throat> but don't leave and just, I'm trying to make a point here. Um, <clears throat> I'm not really, let's get something straight. I'm not really good at preaching, obviously. I'm not a good preacher. I'm not a good leader. I'm, I can be kind of pain as a friend. Uh, I'm not a great employee. I'm not a good teacher. I'm not a good son, a good mentor, a good singer, obviously, a good organizer. I'm definitely not a good person. And in my daily walk, I'm not, I'm not even a good husband. And for pastor, I'm not even the greatest soccer player. Silver State was such a blessing, amen? It was a blessing, and it was a great revival in our teens. And uh, I've never seen revival, and that was, that was something special uh, for me. And what a challenge it brought to our church. What, what a week that I'll always remember and I'll never forget. And has already, always and forever changed my life. On testimony night, I shared with you all uh, my testimony from camp and what an honor and blessing it was to, uh, to serve and to <clears throat> go to camp with our teens and with your teens. I also shared my testimony about how I've had pride in my life and I, was full, and I wasn't fully surrendered to God's will in my life. I was basically uh, had a chain on what God had for me in, in my life and what uh, he could do with me. I, I wanted him to use me as much as he could in this area while I was an electrician. Um, so I could, while I was still in this church, uh, just to re remember what I was speaking about back then. I wanted to share with you what God has done with my life so far with that surrender uh, I'm continuing to have. Not because I did surrender, but because I'm continuing to surrender my life every day. <clears throat> it doesn't just happen from a past experience. It happens from a daily decision. It hasn't been, it hasn't even been every day or every other day, uh, but thank goodness, either the next day or the day after, that I'll get on my knees and keep serving him and, and ask for forgiveness and to reevaluate what I'm doing and to continue to serve him. <clears throat> Since camp, uh, it's been made clear to me uh, through, continue, or through me completely surrendering to God that he's called me to be in full-time ministry. And 
I don't know what that all entails yet. Don't ask me. Don't ask me questions I don't know the answer to. Uh, it's, it's a minor detail, but <laughs> God, God can, can use me in whatever time and in whatever way and wherever that may be. Um, but he'll show me that one step at a time, and I trust in that, and I trust in his timing. Um, turn your Bibles to Philippians 2, 3. Philippians 2, 3. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in loneliness of mind let each esteem better, let each esteem others better than themselves. That verse is, it, it has a lot of meaning to it, but there's, um, there's a couple things I want to point to in this, in this verse. It says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. <clears throat> there's no greater enemy to a Christian's love than pride and passion in our lives. <clears throat> our pride can get in the way of how, how we love the Lord how we love others, how we uh, love to do God's work. Our passion in our life, our, what we think, what is our hobby or what is our job or what is something that drives us, uh, that can become an idol in our lives and can steer us away from what God actually wants in our lives to, so that he can fully use us um, as a completely surrendered servant. Uh, the second part of the verse, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Be more of a severe critic on yourself than a critic on others. That's, that's what we need to do in our lives to, to, to really have a humble spirit in our lives. We can't just always be criticizing other people and always be always be honest with other people without being honest with ourselves. So be more of a critic and a, and a severe critic on yourself and then on others be less of a critic or don't be a critic if you're being too much of a critic and that's something that really uh, drives you. <clears throat> I'm kind of a big deal. So that quote, um, Lisa knows this, is not original to me. I wish it, I wish I could take credit for it, um, but my my uncle-in-law uh, Brian Nikolsky or Uncle BJ is my inspiration for that quote. Uncle BJ had that quote on a plaque on his desk when I first went to go see his financial office and I was looking around and I saw it on his desk and I was like what in the world who does this guy think he is like just having a plaque made for himself saying yeah I'm kind of a big deal get out of here like <laughs> I was just like what why would this guy have have this on his and he's like a professional and he's a, he's very successful and that he would have that on his desk just was so weird to me. So, like, I've heard Lisa, like, say it, just, like, quote it. And then when I saw it, I was like, 
okay, maybe this is an inside joke. Well, it was, and um, I later found out the employees of the company actually made the plaque for him from their inside joke that they had. Uh, and now I know, know him better and realize what, what his character is like and that that's not what his character is. Uh, he doesn't act like he's a big deal. <clears throat> he's very loving and, and generous. Uh, nonetheless, we still give Uncle BJ a hard time for his kind of a big deal statement or his quote that he have, has. But uh, I'm kind of a big deal is my, is my question for you guys tonight. Are you kind of a big deal? <clears throat> That's what I titled my sermon as, but are you kind of a big deal? Uh, I thought of some big deals, big uh, deals in the Bible. Uh, I thought of Saul and David were definitely big deals, uh, people in the Bible that were a big deal. Uh, both were kings of Israel. Both were, had stellar military strategy and victory. Both were anointed king by Samuel. And both had humble beginnings. Both of them still had their shortcomings. But only one was called a man after God's own heart. What made the difference? I mean, just look at Saul when he got anointed. He was... <coughs> he was not trying to, he wasn't going to tryouts to become king of Israel. He was not out there to win it and to get the crown and such to become king of Israel. He was, he was going out and trying to find some donkeys. Like, I just want to find some donkeys. That's all I want to do. And then he finds Samuel and he's just like, Oh, okay, I guess I'll be anointed. That, that's, that's great. I mean, it, it just cracks me up because he was trying to find donkeys and he was just like humbly doing a service for his father and then he got anointed king of Israel. Like, how great is that? That just sounds, sounds like what I would want to do. I mean, never mind. Um, uh, I'll tell you the difference, though. Saul has, as he grew to be, as he grew as king, he got more uh, recognition and began to think, you know what? I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of something, you know? This is, this is, what, this is what I was meant to be. God made me king of, king of Israel. <clears throat> David had those same thoughts, I assure you, that he, that he still had pride after his pride led him to some great sins uh, in his life. He, but after those great sins that he had in his life, he humbled himself before God and admitted that he was, a, he was not a big deal. <clears throat> he realized how he started with nothing, and now God made him into an outstanding king. He's nothing without him. <clears throat> David, David realized that he was, he was nothing without Christ. And in those sins that he became, began to think that he was something, that he began to think he was a, 
he was a big deal. That's what led him to those great sins in his life of adultery and of murder and of uh, leading his family away from the Lord, um, basically. He realized that he was nothing nothing without God in his life. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. He could have been taken out and replaced just like how Saul, Saul was in his life. <clears throat> but he humbled himself. Second Chronicles 7.14, you all know it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. <clears throat> the first thing on that list says, if my people shall humble themselves. We can't get anywhere. We can't heal our land. We can't be forgiven of our sin. We can't win the battles in our lives. We can't fully be fully surrendered to the Lord <clears throat> if we don't first humble ourselves. Now, knowing, knowingly or unknowingly, during this time I've been talking about being a big deal, there's probably someone that you think thinks they're a big deal in their life. I mean, I'm sure that thought brought, came into your head while I've been talking about this, that there is someone that you're like, man, that person really needs to hear this sermon. <laughs> and you're probably right. But... Be critics of yourselves. Right now, the thought of that person in your mind being super conceited and full of vainglory, like in Philippians 2.3, is the difference between you being placed in the same category as them in your mind and or being convicted about your prideful heart. About them, about that person being in your in your mind, thinking that they need this sermon, is the difference between you being in the same category as them, or you being convicted about this about your prideful heart. I encourage you to lift that person up above yourself. Probably about ninety-five percent of us in here. I don't know about that five percent, but that ninety-five percent of us in here would say wouldn't say out loud that we're kind of a big deal. Like I said, that 5%, are kind of crazy. Uh, but 95% of us would probably say, would not say that. We, would, we want to be humble on the outside. <clears throat> we want to be seen as someone that would do something for others. Um, wouldn't lift ourselves up. But ask yourself, how have I become a big deal in my life? And how can I change into a humble servant? <clears throat> now, enough about you. I want to talk about me and how, how pride has uh, affected me in my life. I mentioned earlier how on testimony night I got rid of some pride in my life. Well, I want to testify how that has affected my life so far. 
I just wanted to share my heart with you guys tonight and just kind of be vulnerable. <clears throat> um, the Lord kind of led me to Philippians 2, 3, and it was, it was kind of weird because I'm a, I'm a Proverbs guy. I just, whenever there's something, I can always find it in Proverbs. I can always, like, take it out of Proverbs. Now, I do have a verse later about, about it in Proverbs, but I'll always, like, go to Proverbs, especially if it's about pride or wisdom or, uh, I don't know, being a leader and such like that. Um, but the Lord led me to, to speak out of uh, Philippians 2.3, and it's just been an interesting study for me and how, how I can see those synonyms of strife and vain, glo- and vain glory and how, it's, how that's been in my life. One thing I got from camp was humility. Also, one thing you will never get licked in your life is pride. Pride is, is constant. It's like <laughs> you, could, you could be prideful, realize it, pray about it, and then the next minute you could act like, wow, I got this. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's what pride is. It literally just comes back and it keeps coming back. You'll never get it licked in your life. You'll never get it truly. It's, it's an ongoing battle in your life. I never realized how my inward pride and conceited heart was affecting me and my walk uh, with God and with other people around me. <clears throat> it, it just kind of, it consumed me, and it, it's, like I said, I would always try to almost one-up people, and there was so many different aspects that affected my life that I can't mention all of them tonight. But I would like to mention some humbling moments in my, my, in my life. Um, there's, this, there's this kid that Madison watches on uh, social media that is just, he's like two years old. And he, his parents will tell him a word and he will pronounce it like super awesome. Like, I mean, just like word for word, uh, and not word for word, it's just one word, or it, it could be a phrase or something, um, but he, like, will pronounce it so well, syllable by syllable, that's what I was looking for, All right? okay, <laughs> we're on track, but I'm looking at this kid, I'm like, this guy can pronounce words better than I can, like, it's, that's just kind of embarrassing that, like, this two-year-old can pronounce these giant words that I don't even know the meaning to, and it's just, it was kind of ridiculous. Another thing is uh, Richmond Lake Camp, when, around when I was 13 years old, I was, that's kind of when I started, you know, noticing girls and such. Um, and, you know, I thought, I thought I was kind of a big deal, you know? And people started to say, like, did you, did, did you know all these girls are talking about you? Like, you should you should really hang out with them or like, and man, some people just put some wrong thoughts in my mind, but I, I went with them and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I can do this. Like, this is great. Like, so anyways, at Richmond Lake camp, there's this, uh, there's the chapel and then just in a field right next to it is this volleyball 
uh, net. And <clears throat> they, during activities, there'll be a, like a break where guys can play ball or uh, softball or guys can go swim and it's kind of like a free-for-all and most of the times girls go play volleyball. Well, I was like just, you know, juggling soccer ball like I always do at camp and no one else is doing it with me. I'm just a cool guy. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I know Mike and Grant think I'm ridiculous. Um, but I don't know why. But for some reason, I needed to get something. Maybe I kicked my ball across this fence. And it was just this little fence that was, it was just this wooden fence. And we were never allowed to sit on it because it would break all the time and all this and that. But I was like, I kicked it over the fence. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go run and get it. And I'm like in front of all these girls. And I'm like, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then I just go jump over it. And I push down on the, on the top rung. And I pushed down on it. And you know, it's kind of supposed to lift you up. Well, it just kept going down and down and down. And it broke away. And my face just went like, <laughs> in front of all those girls, in front of my sister. Madison was there even. And some other girls I had crushes on. I mean, I was flirting with all sorts of different girls. I'll just be honest, <laughs> but back then I was just, I was an idiot, but obviously, so that was like, man, I was so embarrassed, it was, it was crazy, it was just like my face, and the thing was, is my sister's not quiet about these things, they're like, she's like, did you see that, like, he just ran his face into the ground, he's probably got weeds up in his face, like, in his teeth. And, and he, she, like, drug it on for the rest of the week. Um, one other humble, or another humble, I wanted to get to one other thing uh, after this, but I took a little bit longer on that than I thought. Anyways, uh, one of the teens from camp uh, came to me and asked me for advice uh, in life and how, um, asked me for my testimony and how, I got to where I am today and how, what the Lord spoke to me about. And this is after camp weeks later. And boy, that was a humbling thing. I was like, you're asking me? Like, who am I that, that you would come to me and ask for advice? And I just, I just told him my testimony and shared in my heart and gave him some verses and gave him some advice. And, but wow, that was just like, I just asked the Lord, just don't let it be me, but let it be you that he sees in my life, not anything I've done. And because if he follows me, I know what I've done. And I know that my example is not perfect whatsoever. So that was very humbling. Another uh, humbling thing, not in my life, but actually, uh, it's a story that I got from my mom, and I wasn't even born yet, but <clears throat> my mom was shop, go, grocery shopping, and with my older brother, Mitchell, and he was younger, five years old, he always just, he was just a very energetic kid, and he asked every question known to man, like anyone, 
any child would. Uh, but they were grocery shopping and everything, going down an aisle. And my mom's just going along, and then she looks back and is like, where's Mitchell? And she looks, and she finds him, to her demise, talking to a man in a wheelchair with his leg cut off. And she's like, oh, no, like, what is he talking about? And she kind of, like, goes over there and kind of sees what he's talking about. I mean, he's like, I think he was, like, around four or five, something like that. And maybe even younger. Anyways, and he's just asking her, the guy with no leg, like, all sorts of questions. He's like, what happened to your leg? Like, just out there, like, like any kid would, would with no shame. And he's just, like, telling him, like, seriously talking to this five-year-old about what happened to his leg and how he's frustrated about it and how the doctors could have saved it. And Mitchell's just like, oh, my goodness. And he's just sitting there, like, with his eyes just wide open and asking him all sorts of questions. And my mom obviously was embarrassed and was like, okay, let's, let's get this over with. And she was like, okay, Mitchell, let's go. I'm sorry about my son to the to the guy with no leg. He's like, I'm sorry about my son. He'll talk your leg off. <laughs> no joke. No joke. Like, this is serious business. Like, he, uh, and she just like, oh, and just went away. Like, didn't even, didn't even like say sorry or confront it. She was just like, gone. <laughs> And she kept saying afterwards that she kept meeting him in, like, every aisle, like, as, as she went grocery shopping. And she'd be like, oh, man, that, that, is a, that is a story for the ages right there. Um, oh, that was a good one. I had, uh, over time in my life and in my, in my pride, subconsciously gotten into a rut of having insecurities about how people perceived me, not only in church, but also at work, uh, in other activities, even in marriage, and in my, in my time alone. And I would, um, I would have insecurities about how others would perceive me. And I didn't have a true servant's heart <clears throat> in that. In a lot of areas in my life, more than I realized, in my mind, I was kind of a big deal. I can't really go into explain how that affected me in every area of my life. Um, because there's way too many examples, and it was just, it was, and it wasn't just like out there for everyone to see. It was a lot of inward pride. Um, I can, I can say that it affected my life as a whole. And having humility isn't a one-time deal. Having humility is a daily thing, like I said, with confessing your pride. I have to pray and ask God daily and more than once a day to humble, to humble me and to, to get rid of my pride. Christ tells us to hate even our own life if we are to become his disciples well, that doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense that we're supposed to hate ourselves. Like, in our fleshly life and our thoughts, hating ourselves doesn't make sense. 
this world is all about right now loving yourself and the and self-love and just love in general in a very not biblical term. It there's I guarantee you there's not going to be a billboard on the interstate that says hate yourself. <laughs> I I guarantee you that. But that's the that is the only way to die to self <clears throat> and to get rid of pri- any pride we may have uh, that may block us from following God's will in our life. We essentially have to become, to come to a point where we tell ourselves we are nothing. You can't, in my, in my work in, as an electrician, and I'm not talking about Grant because he's a, he's a great guy and he, he works with me every day, so I'm not talking about him when I'm talking about this. But if you're, if I am to have, I'm a, I'm a lead guy, I have my own van, and I've been working, I just got done with a 15-plex apartment building, and, um, and it's very detailed, and there's a lot of things that could go wrong, especially because of the, uh, it, it, the units will stay, will, are the same, go to the same uh, unit floor by floor. So to be able to be perfect in not missing a wire or not uh, getting things mixed up in boxes or missing something or just not uh, getting something done correctly in code is a very big deal. And it's, uh, but it's very difficult to keep your attention span for that long because I was there for more than a month. Uh, <clears throat> but if I were to have a apprentice under me and he were to, if I were to go and tell him to go do something and he were to just totally disregard me and say, I'm going to go do my own thing and I let him go and if I was, if I'm to be like a, a bad lead guy and let him go for a th- couple hours and say, yeah, he's got it, and then come back, and he's just done this entirely different thing than what I told him to do. He's, he's not being a, a real servant. He's got preconceived thoughts and what he thinks should be done. He thinks that it should be done this way, this way, and that way, when he actually doesn't know anything. He's been here for only a couple months, but he thinks, wow, I got this. I've been here for a couple months, and this has been... Uh, this has been great and all, and he's taught me these things, but I think there's something better I could do to critique his, his way of doing things, which is fine, but if, it's a couple, if you're in it a couple months, it's just, it won't make sense to you. So for someone to do that, it would just be completely ridiculous, and it would totally ruin the flow of what we're doing, and I would have to come back and fix everything, have to have him take twice or three times as much time to fix it all and do it right the right way a second time. He's kind of a know-it-all servant. That doesn't make sense. <clears throat> the, the Lord has led me to pray, to pray this prayer almost every day when I get, have a prideful spirit. To just tell myself, to tell the Lord, and to tell myself, I'm nothing. Lord, I'm nothing. My life is useless I could die today and essentially nothing would change. 
this world would go on without me, and you would continue to use surrendered Christians for your work. Nothing would skip a beat. I can't do anything without you, Lord. I can't do anything great. Only you can. But only by your grace, Lord, just use me as a servant today. Just use me as a servant. And I just want to be a willing servant for your service in my life. Just make me a humble servant. Um, I wanted to share a couple of ver- other verses that I had written down. Uh, Proverbs thirteen ten says, "Only by pride cometh contention, but with a well with with the well advised is wisdom. Only by pride cometh contention between the brethren. Only by pride." Um, James four six. Do I know where James is at? <clears throat> James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. We can only have grace through our humility. <clears throat> is there any pride in your life today? Any self-righteousness? Insecure, unrealistic perceptions of yourself you might have? Is it more often than not that you get offended at something? Maybe you think too highly of yourself. Are you critiquing others more than yourself? Are you kind of a big deal? Let's pray.